Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. Our economy is strong as hell. Despite what the White House says, we are seeing a slowing in the economy. Inflation has spread throughout the economy. Inflation is bad. Russia increases the risk of a nuclear incident. <laughs> no way. No serious guys to your 30. Don't keep that in mind. This is no country for creepy old men. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. We are seeing an increase in the economy and the inflation. (laughs) That's not the understatement of the century. By the way, I was out of town doing some work. And remember on Thursday, I ended the program talking about a new survey out from WalletHub ranking all the cities in terms of how it is for traffic, for commuters, for they had a whole bunch of other things like infrastructure, safety, access to vehicle maintenance, that kind of stuff. Raleigh came in number one. Apparently, they didn't drive in drive time traffic in Raleigh before they took that survey. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been bad before, but oh my gosh. Something that should have taken 20 minutes took 45 minutes. Bumper to bumper. Don't drive on 540 or 40 between Chapel Hill and Raleigh between 5 and 6 o'clock. That's all I can tell you. It's it's not it's not pretty. I, I do whatever I can do to avoid if it means going up hours before I need to get there. Oh, yeah. I mean. Well, and, and people that work there do that. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they time their commute based on when the roads are going to be empty. I'm, so, I mean, you know, a lot of people that have to travel from – in fact, my son-in-law for a while traveled from uh, Cary to Carborough, and he'd, he'd get up in the wee hours of the morning to do it. News and Observer has asked legislative candidates about their positions on a variety of issues, including one of the questions was on the issue of abortion. Now, now that Dobbs has taken place and Roe v. Wade has been overturned and it's returned back to the states, obviously this is going to be something that the legislature is going to deal with now they might be dealing with it for a couple of years if they don't get a supermajority but let's assume they get a supermajority they're going to have and the republicans have the opportunity to codify some new law related to abortion in north carolina now it was interesting there was a number of different choices that uh, republicans and democrats could have picked uh, of the Republican legislative candidates who responded, and this is not obviously they didn't poll every uh, candidate out there, but of the ones that were polled and responded, uh, more than 63% said abortion should be restricted further than the current ban at 20 weeks of pregnancy. The remaining Republicans said that the current 20 week ban should stay in place or they were undecided. So 63% said in one form or fashion, there ought to be more restrictions on abortion. On the other side of the aisle, though, 73% of Democrat candidates who responded to the survey said there should be fewer restrictions on abortion, including – now, this is in the state of North Carolina. I I mean, I was actually surprised at this. 35% of Democrats – in the state legislature or Democrats who are running to serve in the state legislature who responded to this said there should be no restrictions on abortion at all. <laughs> right? I, I mean, I, I guess they would agree with uh, Ralph Northam 
I mean, would you go so far as to say, let's let the baby be born and then then let's decide? I, I mean, that is shocking to me. Thirty five percent of state representatives that are Democrats would say no restrictions at all concerning abortion. You know, in Cherry Beasley's ads, which I'm not sure if there's her ads or one of the PACs, you know, continue to kind of misstate Ted Budd's oh, yeah. position, which, which you know, Ted Budd's been Unapologetic, unapologetically pro-life. Pro-life, for sure. But, uh, you know, they continue to say that, you know, T- Ted Budd, Ted Budd will not let you have an abortion for anything, or anything. Yeah, rape or whatever. The mother can die before we have an abortion. And, and those things are—I mean, those ads are obviously effective. I told you about. Well, I think. Think it. Let's see. We had Ted Budd on Wednesday. Was yeah. it Wednesday, and I believe it was that night. I, I just got kind of got invited to uh, someone's little get together, and there was people of all types there. And I heard some actually some conservatives talking about well. That's kind of hard to defend. Ted Budd, you know, won't do. And I'm like, where are you getting this stuff yeah. from? I said, just you can't believe commercials, you know. And well, but they the, were in you know? in the debate. Jerry Beasley said, well, you know, I just sort of think abortion ought to be within the same basic framework as what Roe was. Well, what is that? I mean, that's just that's just gobbledygook. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, give give us exactly what you if you if you had the magic wand, Beasley, and you could wave it, and abortion would be whatever. Now she's not going to tell us the truth on that, but you know what would, what would it be? What would it look like? And yeah. it'll probably look very similar to Ralph Northam. Yeah, Ted Budd should have just you know he should just say on that situation, hey, you're you're not a judge anymore. You can't stand behind that. You know, you, you can't comment on a case right. on a, on a future case. Right. No. You're running for Senate. What is your belief on this topic? Bingo. Did you hear about this Gregory Hahn, a veteran and a single father up in Harnett County? He goes in to serve on jury duty. And Harnett County Judge Charles Gilchrist throws him in jail because he refuses to put on a mask. Now, in Harnett County... There is there's no mandate that you have to wear a mask in the courtroom at any of the courts in Harnett County or any of the county office buildings. There's no state guidelines. No state guidelines or federal guidelines. You have to wear a mask. The interesting thing was when he was being lectured by this Charles Gilchrist on the fact that you would either put on a mask or I'm going to throw you in jail. He wasn't wearing a mask. (laughs) He shows up for jury training with 98 others. The vast Mm. majority of them, none of them were wearing a mask. Mm. And the bailiff comes and picks him out and says, come with me. Judge Gilchrist wants to see you. Mm. And he says, are you going to put on a mask? And he says, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. There's no mandate to wear it. And I I just, I can't do it. I I, I cannot stand being in a mask. He says, you will either put on a mask or I'm going to throw you in jail. He throw him in jail for 24 hours. And now um, Han, Gregory Han, has said that, uh, you know what, uh, I'm thinking about a lawsuit here. And I, I he hope should. he does. I absolutely think he should. Not only for the fact that he ought to be given some compensation for the harassment, the embarrassment, and the time he had to spend in jail, <clears throat> but frankly – what this judge did is bullying. In fact, Hans said, 
It just took one person to make a stand and no one else joined me. It's hard to do the right things. And I tell you, my kids, and I tell my kids, stand up for what you believe in and don't be bullied. That is a great line because that is exactly what this Gilchrist is, is a bully. But he needs to be taken down a peg. This guy, Han, needs to sue this county, uh, this judge. I, and I, I mean, is, is this guy going to stand and say, well, you know, I'm a judge. You can't sue me. But I, I don't know how the law works on that. I, I think he could sue the guy. But he needs to be taken down a notch. And, and, and just as this guy, Gilchrist, is trying to bully Han, basically saying, you, when we say jump, you say how high on the way up. And if you don't do what we say, we're going to punish you. Well, this guy needs to be punished. And uh, frankly, a lawsuit that hits him personally in the pocketbook would be very appropriate right now. And this is a district court judge? Um, Harnett County Judge uh, Charles Gilchrist. I am not sure whether it's a uh, county judge or a district judge. Good question. Let me guess he's a Democrat, you think? (laughs) Well, I can tell you for sure he was appointed by Beverly Perdue. So, yeah, I don't think Bev, I don't think Governor Dumpling would have uh, would have appointed a Republican or a conservative. Just saying. Yeah, this has made national news, though. This guy was on uh, Tucker Carlson the other night. Yeah. Well, North Carolina Superior Court judge. Hmm. Yeah. Gilchrist. Yeah. Charles Gilchrist. <laughs> I, you know, I, what, what is he doing this for? I mean, <clears throat> I, he, he is a he's a bully. He's a thug, and listen, this is how they all operate. If you don't do what we say, we're going to punish you. You are going to suffer. <laughs> the, the, the Democrats, the, the wake crowd wants everybody to get into line. As you have said before, you not only need to capitulate, you need to celebrate. <laughs> you need to celebrate what we're selling. And, and, you know, these Democrats, the only word they can talk about now is fascism. And <laughs> yeah, and that, what is this? And, and everything that's on their party platform is fascist. The, is fascist. I mean, it's just amazing to me. <laughs> Speaking hmm. of abortion, a lawsuit settlement out of the city of Greensboro. The city of Greensboro has agreed that it violated First Amendment speech rights of several pro-life protesters by barring them from accessing a sidewalk outside of an abortion clinic. The Carolina Journal is reporting Greensboro police arrested the protesters, part of the Ministry of Love Life, in the spring of 2020 for violating Guilford County's emergency proclamation on COVID-19. The protesters were walking, praying, and offering sidewalk counseling, which the city contended violated the COVID-19 order. The national group Alliance Defending Freedom filed a lawsuit on behalf of the protesters, and the protesters did everything that the county ordinance said, the the COVID-19 proclamation said. Separated by six uh, feet, um, they were using sanitizer, they were kept moving. Everything that was a part of the provisions put (laughs) forth, they obeyed, and yet the city officials sent the police out and arrested them. And, and anyway, the, the good news is, and listen, I've, I've said this 20 times. I've said it once. If you want a good, uh, a good organization to support that so far, I haven't seen them blow one, one deal that they've worked with. I'm not saying they win all their cases, but they're always on the right side of the issue is Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, they went in and they said, you, you, you can't do this. 
But again, th- this is another example right here, going back into 2020. They, they don't follow their own rules. They say, you know what? We don't like what these pro-lifers are doing. Go out and arrest them. You know, it, it happened in de- Democrat-run cities and, and states, North Carolina. I mean, it was inconsistently applied. Um, I mean, you know, back during the COVID, the height of COVID, you know, Roy Cooper famously walked hand-in-hand, shoulder-to-shoulder with some protests, I think maybe during the George Floyd-type protests yep. or something, I don't remember. Walk, you know, famously walked outside the governor's mansion just for show with no mask. Um, but in cities across America, across North Carolina, they, they applied rules. I mean, they didn't like what this group stood for, and they, so they simply violated their constitutional rights. Pretty, pretty cut and dry, but um, it was like that all over America, really. The thing that's irritating, and now the fine was not enormous, but it was $15,000 that was that, that this Guilford County had to pay towards uh, the attorney fees for the, the, the people that were had been arrested. And uh, granted, that's probably a drop in the bucket to what was actually spent in defending these people. But you have a couple of individuals that violated the civil rights of these people that were out praying, these pro-lifers that were out praying, exercising their their you know, constitutional rights. And yet it's the taxpayers that are penalized. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, again, I, I, I've said this a 20 times that I've said it once. The I've said this a thousand times. That I've said it once this, the, when this kind of thing happens, they need to take it back and find out, okay, who pulled the trigger on this? Whose decision was this? Because they're the ones that are going to have to pay the fine. At least, uh, they, I mean, cause if, if you continue down this path like they've gone all along where they just – frankly, they don't give a hoot whether or not there's a fine there because they're not paying it. It's just like, well, we're going to violate the law, and if if we're found out, the taxpayers will be stuck with the bill. You know, this kind of thing has been so rampant, not only in this particular issue on this on this uh, march that was going on, but uh, you know, so inconsistently applied – throughout the country on whether it be school systems or or church or whatever you know i think america i, I think this certainly crosses party lines that america you know got smart really quick on this and said these people are hypocrites yeah. um yeah. you know right on down to i guess what was it certain states maybe michigan like in michigan i don't know if you remember you know, they would have things where you could not sell garden seed in a hardware store during COVID. <laughs> that was one of the prohibited items. Like, Why? you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Why? I mean, it, it's like some of them, I, I think they, I think truly some of them found it as their opportunity to be, to be fascists, to be in complete control, to lock people up, put them inside and where they had nothing to do. And then, but, but it never was consistently applied it, the, during the whole time, you know, during the, uh, the the race uh, George Floyd Floyd and race marches and all of the, of 2020, you know every time the issue was brought up, well this is a different issue. You know this you have to let them protest and you've got to you've got to let these circumvent the rules for this and and then to inconsistently apply it against this Bingo. organization. So Joe Biden has been in office now as of Sunday 21 months. Which just a little rough arithmetic here. Twenty-one months times thirty days is six hundred and thirty days. What happened? Uh, now this is CNN that did a little study on this. Town Hall is reporting it. Of six hundred and thirty days in office, 
How many vacation days would you say he has had? I would say 240. You're you're slightly high, but not much. Mm-hmm. 174. 174. So what is that on a percentage basis? At least a third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's official vacation days. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, and I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he'll he'll go to a, a campaign stop, or he'll go to some, you know, go to Detroit, or just just name a city. He could do some, you know, 20, <laughs> 20 minute speech that he labors through yeah. and and. and well, that messes up to, to you know he's not doing anything the rest. And of the how day. many how many how many hours of naps has he actually taken in the White House? I'm not talking about sleep, you know, going to bed at nine and getting up at nine. I'm talking about the the hours <laughs> the hours he's asleep from nine a.m. to nine p.m. I've got another question: How many scoops of ice cream has he had? I tell you what. How many push-ups you want to do here? <laughs> that's as bad as that's as bad as good as it gets for hey he's threatening you there Benny. he's threatening you there watch out <laughs> stay with us um the white house is doubling down on uh joe biden's new excuse which is blame republicans hey obama did it right everything was george bush's fault now uh, joe has figured out well i'm gonna work for obama i'll see if i can give it a shot we'll talk about that when we get back this is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Taking a quick look at your weather forecast. By the way, uh, for golfers out there, today is National Mulligan Day. So uh, <laughs> keep keep swinging. Joe Biden needs a few mulligans. Yeah, really. Uh, tonight, scattered thunderstorms early, then partly cloudy, a low of 47 tonight. Chance of rain is 60% over eastern Carolina. Tomorrow, mainly sunny sky, high around 60. So it's going to cool down after the rain comes through. Tomorrow night's low, going to be a little crisp, a low of 36, 33, according to uh, the graphic uh, Clark has up on the screen. Uh, Wednesday warms up just a tad, a high of 61. And then Wednesday night, a low again in the low 30s. So uh, will we see frost? I think we I think we will. <clears throat> so I, I would at think 30, parts parts of eastern Carolina is going to see well, frost. Yeah, at 33. When they say it's 33, they a lot of times they measure that in town and out in the country. It gets colder because you don't have yeah. any buildings. And yeah, just it, it, yeah, there's not enough stuff to absorb the hot sun during the day to keep things warmer. Before at we night. get off the weather, yes, sir, go for it. What happened 33 years ago today? Uh, it wasn't Floyd. That would have been uh, earlier in the summer. 33 years. Was it a hurricane? It's the uh, earthquake in San Francisco during the World Series. Oh, you remember that? 30, yeah, yeah. Today, October yeah. 17th, 1989. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, uh, I, re- I, I remember uh, watching that afterwards, yeah. and I can't remember if it was live or... It was live. You probably, I watched it yeah, live. Yeah, it might have been live, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing Storm Davis, who was a pitcher who used to pitch for the Orioles. Who I interviewed one time in radio many decades ago when I was in Baltimore. Name dropping here? Yeah, Henry. I'm doing Henry Hinton, <laughs> <laughs> a very good friend of mine, very, very, very good friend of mine, Storm Davis. <laughs> anyway, we digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> anyway, Henry, if you're listening, that's just a joke. All right. I'm exhausted. <laughs> anyway, uh, I remember him scattering on the field. And I think he was looking up in his stands for his kids that were at the ball game. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, yeah. 
And that was a me- – I mean, how many people lost their lives? With yeah, I think it was uh, – Freeways collapsing and stuff. Was it Al Michaels, I think, doing the, the live yeah, broadcast? Yeah, might have been. It was, it was just – I remember I was uh, – I was – I was just out of college or no, no, it was my last semester of college actually. And I just was, I mean, I just couldn't believe it because I was a big baseball fan watching it happen live. And you know, it was pretty, pretty intense. 33 years ago. Uh Mm -hmm. Wow. That's uh, hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, A new excuse has been rolled out for the president's failures. Republicans. Now again, Obama blamed Bush and that seemed to work for him i mean but i don't think with joe this strategy is going to fool everyone this is what this is cut to clark what joe said just last friday so there is a contrast that no, back we are up, going back to it up, make. back it up let's oh come on all right all right <laughs> apparently I didn't get to the flash drive anyway you heard what joe said if if you put republicans back in office inflation is going to get worse how could it? It's the worst yeah. in 40 years. And it, but it's going to get worse, according to Joe. Corrine <laughs> Jean-Pierre was uh, put on the spot and uh, by Peter Ducey on inflation. Now we can go back to the other cut. Uh, this is what Corrine Jean-Pierre, her give and take with Peter Ducey and another report on today's briefing on inflation. So there is a contrast that we are going to make, which is how Republicans are actually going to make things worse. And Democrats want to do the opposite and make things a little easier. I just talked about the hearing aids, which is going to help 30 million, 30 million Americans across the country. But who exactly thinks the president is doing a good job on inflation? Because we've got a new poll that finds he receives his lowest job ratings on inflation, net negative 38 points. We understand that there are challenges that are uh, in front of us here in this country. That is why the president has taken action to lower costs. Think about gas prices. You think about health care, uh, health care uh, premiums. You think about Medicare, again, beating special interests so that we can lower costs. So Medicare can actually be able to lower costs for senior citizens. When you think about all of these steps that he has taken, to make sure that that is happening. Republicans, Republicans in Congress refuse. They refuse to be partners with us on this. They refuse to help us. You think about the American Rescue Plan that has helped create an economy that is indeed resilient, that created jobs. They refuse to help. Do you have a sense of when the cost savings will begin to accrue? Obviously, that's not instantaneously, but you talked about prices lowering. Is there a sense of like when that happens and over what time frame? So I don't have a timeline for you right now. I'm certainly I can talk to our team to get a specific timeline. She needs a little gin sake there. I'll circle back on that one. The same the same team that for the last two years have said, you know, this is transitory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we're, we're not going to be in a recession. Uh, they're not, you know, there's not pointing. The, the numbers are not pointing towards inflation now or, t- excuse me, towards a recession now. Then you get a recession. Well, you know, it's, it doesn't meet the definition, the historical definition of a recession, which it does. When she was on today, my wife texted me. She, she made an observation. She was listening to us. She said, she reminds me of the person in school that did a book report, 15 pages that should have been five. She just repeated the same thing over and over and over again. And, and didn't read the book. Yeah, did There you go. <laughs> yeah, did the, cli- did the cli- read the cliff notes and still got it wrong. Uh. She says, we understand that there are challenges. You think? 
Now, and, and stop and consider, yeah, yeah, there are challenges, but basically what she's, that's the nice way of saying we are really a bunch of screw-ups. Mm. We have no clue what we're doing. We have messed everything up. But if you put Republicans in charge, it'll be worse. <laughs> yeah, and in every move that the Democrats have made, I mean, unless it's someone in administration talking about it or some pseudo-economist like, What's the guy's name? Kruger with the New York Times. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's no he's no economist. He just says whatever the Democrat he's a Party. Big lib. But any any amateur economist or anyone that's ever read a book on economics or went to college and took economics courses, I mean, they knew everything they were doing. Was like, gosh, prices are going to go through the roof. Price, you know, it's it's common sense. Yep. And and they just keep ignoring it. So, what kind of help is Jean Pierre wanting Republicans? to help with to spend more money yeah uh, spend more money and you know do what six trillion instead of a trillion and a half or whatever the number was uh, i mean uh. that's that's pretty much what they wanted they wanted what six eight trillion dollar plan was the yeah. original oh yeah oh yeah so the republicans would like to you know go out and let's get our energy uh domestic production up and they, they lie about everything they they had talking heads over the weekend saying Oh yeah, we're oh production is up. Oh yeah, we're doing everything we can to get production up. They don't have a timeline, and yet they promised us that if we it passed this Inflation Reduction Act, which we know had nothing to do with inflation, that um, and it's a hundred percent their bill, and yet are are they now blaming Republicans for their bill not working? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, you got a trillion and a half of it. You, I mean, you, I mean, they talked about it and just glorified it once, uh, once they got it passed and everything. So. But to your point, to your point, a, a typical Democrat will come back and say, "Well, because you didn't spend enough money." Oh yeah, yep. It's never enough money, no matter how much it. If if they had gone for six trillion, it wouldn't have been enough money. But I mean, this is just uh, the, their their perfect mix of arrogance. And it really is arrogant. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's just like, I mean, to that point, it's just like the Affordable Care Care Act or Obamacare for the last, what, came out, what, 13, 2013, something like, something that, like yeah. that? No, 2010, so 12 years. Um, all this time, you know, r- costs have continued to skyrocket, which they promised they would go down per family, what, $2,000 a year, what Obama said. But all this time is twenty five hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The prices have gone up, gone up, gone up. My premiums have increased five hundred percent. They have said, "Well, you know, it's Republicans' fault. They didn't do enough. They didn't go far enough." <laughs> and and I always answer a Democrat when I'm talking to a Democrat, and they start talking about you know health care reform and all that. I say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, was supposed to be the end all yeah. and save all. Yep. That you got what you asked for. You got it, and it did it work? No. And and even at the time when they were, they were pushing it through, I said at the time, listen, when has anything the federal government has done has, has helped with prices? Ever. I mean, even our military. I mean, because they've got this faucet, this fire hydrant that they turn on, and it's just money flowing out as fast as it can. It doesn't work. When you put the federal government in charge of anything that's related to business, I mean, they need to be running a post office and the military, and that's pretty much it. Well, And you look around the room of the people that were involved in the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. I mean, you basically had academics, 
politicians, and people in the health insurance industry. That's pretty much who was yeah. at, at the table. People that would benefit from and, a boondoggle. And most everybody in the room and at the table had never written a check in their life for their own health insurance. Bingo. I don't know how we got off on that. My fault. Sorry. Ta- oh, no, it's good stuff. Town Hall's reporting. Um, every so often you see a data point that will stop you in your tracks. We'll see this borne out in additional data, particularly in the exit polling. But uh, there's been some polls out just in the last couple of days that uh, is rather interesting. A Harvard-Harris National Survey poll, they asked uh, in their survey, what is the most important issue facing the country? The top three, 37% inflation, 29% said economy, 23% said immigration. Then they ask, what issues do you think the GOP is focused on? 37% said immigration, 34, uh, I'm sorry, 24% said inflation, and 21% said the economy. So wasn't in the exact same order, but the same three issues. Then they said, what issues do you think the Democrats are focused on? Now, remember, the top three, the poll said, was inflation, economy, and immigration. What are Democrats focused on? January 6th, women's rights, and climate change. Uh, yeah, you can't make it up. Uh, and, and this is consistently coming over and over and over again. Interesting number from the new Harvest uh, Harris poll as well said, quote, the police are one of the most popular U.S. institutions with a net favorability 19 points higher than the CDC. 24 points higher than the FBI, 33 points higher than the DOJ, and 83 points higher than Antifa, the local police department, Hmm. your local police department. Voters perceive Republicans are focused on the same issues they themselves prioritize, whereas Democrats are seen as zero in on other matters. Bingo. This would represent a double dose of -of out-of-touch detachment. Democrats appear to be misprioritizing issues in their minds of voters. And on the single most important issue, the country's leading Democrat has no grasp on the challenge. That same poll with leaners. Now, leaners would mean, well, I lean Republican or I lean Democrat. With leaners show the GOP opening up a serious lead on the generic 2022 ballot. Republicans hold a six-point lead over Democrats on the 2022 congressional generic ballot among likely voters with leaners, 53% to 47%. Uh, Similar to a Trafalgar um, poll, their new generic ballot poll um, was taken uh, October 10th through 12th. Similar margin, 48.2%. This is just a generic congressional poll, 48.2 for Republicans, 42.9 for Democrats, 8.9 undecided. Um, and by the way, if you watched Fox News over the weekend, you might have been surprised to hear them talk about their new poll that just came out, which said that the Democrats had a three-point advantage. Now, this is Fox News, and I was a little surprised that they did this. Because I've actually heard people on Fox News complaining that, you know, when you get this close to the election, you don't poll registered voters. You poll likely voters. Well, in the Fox News poll, and they didn't – I was surprised, too, that they didn't announce this. 
But it was not likely voters. It was registered voters that they said the Democrats had. Because the likelihood of people going out and voting is really important to your polling. In the likely voter category, the Fox News poll said, yeah, Republicans are up by one point. Um, Also, a YouGov poll. So, I mean, poll after poll after poll was consistently showing the same things. CBS YouGov, uh, again, CBS, not a conservative outlet. Republicans hold a two-point lead over Democrats on the generic ballot, 47 to 45%. Um, CBS polling also found out that abortion is the sole focus of Democrat campaign efforts, efforts, and yet that has fallen to seventh on the issue matrix. The New York Times Senia poll has Republicans up 4%. That poll just came out today. So um, take heart. If you're a conservative. Well, let's put you on the spot here. We can either do this now or we can wait and do it Wednesday because early voting in North Carolina starts Thursday, October 20th. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you want to make our predict your predictions, my predictions? I, I'm for, think- for, how, for what? For well, I, specifically? I'm think- I'm thinking for that how many House I'm thinking that a, seats? Yeah, I'm thinking at a minimum we, we need to uh, – okay, what's going to happen with the Bud Beasley race? Oh, uh, uh, Bud is going to win that. You, so you ready to go ahead and do this? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right Are you going to write it down? Yep. All right. Okay, Tom. Well, I'll tell you what. Stay tuned. We'll be back with our predictions. Some breaking stuff. Right after this. We'll be right back. Back to News and Views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. We were talking about polling. We are talking about our predictions. You know, the other thing that you need to pull into the equation here that makes it even more optimistic if you're a conservative is the fact that in previous years, and I'm going back probably 20 years or so, A, the polling has a, a liberal bias to it in a lot of these polls. But B, even though a lot of these polls are saying, okay, the Republicans are down by 1% or it's even or they're up by 2%, um, even, even the legitimate pollsters have a tendency to weight it towards the Democrats. They have in the past because they feel like there's more Democrats than there are Republicans. And so when you have a, when you have it close, even if the Republicans are down by a point or two, History tells us that if it's that close, it's going to go to the Republicans. Yeah, and the last election, uh, which, you know, is a presidential election, and obviously turnouts are different. But, um, you know, Republicans in just about every race outperformed what all the yeah. polling, even yeah. even pollings that, that's, you know, typically considered fair polling, they still pretty much outpaced them. I think um, – you know, and, and they're tightening I, I, almost every race that's important in North Carolina and then nationwide. I mean, they're tightening to the Republicans' favor. I mean, and listen, it, it, even in this race, there's a couple of races out there that I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking, you know, and I'm not that impressed with the person that's running for the, 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 the Republican <laughs> Party. I'm just not that impressed with that person. Well, I'm still going to go vote, and I'll probably still vote for that individual but can you imagine if it was that way for all the people that you were voting for? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you say to yourself, "The hell with it! I'm just not going to. I'm not going to vote." And you know, and I stress to people all the time that uh, you know supported another candidate in the primary 
let's just take for instance the senate seat say say you're an ardent supporter of pat mccrory or margie eastman um you know if you if you don't go vote and vote for conservative and vote for ted budd then you're basically rubber stamping that you're okay for the for the democrats to control right. the senate right you're okay with the biden agenda and even if you don't like them you, i mean you got to get if you're conservative you got to go do it yeah. i mean it's just the way it is all and, right uh, so let's go down the list here real quick all right, got? Ted Bud, Cherry Beasley, Bud. Okay, I'm I'm Bud too. All right, are you writing all these? It's down, close. Right? I am. <laughs> I am. Um, will North Carolina Supreme Court flip to be controlled uh, by Republicans? Controlled by Republicans. Yes, I and, believe and, and, I believe that to be the case. Yeah. And I think they'll win both seats. I do. Okay, will the North Carolina Senate uh, win enough seats to be veto proof? And we are trying to figure out how many they need. And I'm not sure of the I should number. know that. I should know that. And but I'm going to say yes. I think they will. House? Yes. Okay. That's even easier. Yep. I, I think they will. I think they will. I think they, they will get a veto. I think enough people have had enough of Roy Cooper and his control. Yeah. And and by just using politics to, to control the state for, for the last two years. All right. Will the uh, Republicans take back the Senate and have 51 votes in the Senate? I, I think they will have more than 51 votes in the Senate. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. I do not think so. Okay. Okay, House. Will the Republicans con- continue to control the House, and will they add seats? Yes, I would say they're going to add 20-plus seats. 20-plus, okay. And I and I agree with you on that. It looks like the only where we disagree is uh, – U.S. Just, Senate. U.S. Senate. I'm just not confident in looking at some of these polls. I mean, I, I can't imagine – in Pennsylvania, Fetterman beat Nas, but the polls still were, uh, you know, some of the closest ones, 2 3% in Fetterman's favor, but a lot of them are 7 8%. I, I just can't believe that. And then in Georgia, I'm not confident that Herschel Walker's going to win in Georgia. Well, you know what's interesting is on Friday night's debate, Herschel Walker did very well. He did do well. I went back and, and found where he could watch it, and I was – I, I was actually surprised. I mean, nothing against Herschel Walker, but he's not a politician. No. And, you know, you can argue, well, Warnock's just got into politics. No, Warnock, well, number one. He's a preacher. He's, he's a he's preacher. Public speaking I mean, for half his life. They can talk a dog off a meat wagon. <laughs> I mean, you know, and number two, uh, you know, just John Kennedy, I have to give him credit for that uh, that line. But um, but also, you know, uh, Warnock was, I mean, he was he was in politics. He was not in elected office. But, I mean, he's been in significantly involved in the Democrat Party in Georgia, making presentations for getting out to vote and, and all that. So, I mean, he's a, he's a skilled politician. And I, I actually thought Herschel Walker Did outshined well. him. Yeah. I thought he outshined him. I think he outshined him. But the other reason I'm optimistic is there is a, re, there is a surgence, I won't say a resurgence, but a surgence, a surging of black conservatives it Mm -hmm. continues to grow and i am so grateful and so impressed because i've been saying for 20 years and for the last 14 years in this program that the conservative movement will really see itself come into the 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 next level up as traditional democrats that have been lifelong Democrats wake up, and I'm referring to to the black population who have always voted Democrat, have uh, awakened to the fact that the Democrat ideology is there strictly for them to vote for the Dems 
As and listen, Johnson said this, and when he passed the Civil Rights Act of 1964, we'll have these blankety blank, n-word people voting for us for the next 200 years. I know, and they they've continued to use. I mean, they've in, continued to use the black community for years for votes, and some of them are wising up to it. You know, you know what? I, last time I heard from you, Democrats, was four years ago. Yeah, we hear from you every four yeah. years. Yeah, you know. And even uh, what's the guy's name, Shamane the God or something? Mm-hmm. Even even he has come out and said something in the last couple of weeks, e- equivalent to what you just said. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is such an evil force undermining our country right now. With the midterms fast approaching. People are panicking when they see that the prices in the supermarket are this high and the gasoline is this high. A lot of people are talking. It's unbelievable what we watch it. This gender tyranny going on. His mental capacity is absolutely diminished. It's Marxist destruction of the family. And you're invited to join the conversation. We're a world of hurt in this country. Let your voice be heard this November. Register to vote now at vote.gov from Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So this is a story we really want to spend more time on. We might have to talk of, uh, take this over to tomorrow. Uh, new whistleblower documents reveal that Biden was aware of Hunter Biden's business arrangements and may have been involved in some of them. Uh, this, according to Republican uh, Chuck Grassley, said this today, suggesting the FBI has volumes of evidence related to the potential criminality of those ventures. Um, Grassley says that uh, the Justice Department and the FBI have not disputed the accuracy of these allegations. The Justice Department and the FBI's continued silence in these matters is deafening and further erodes their credibility. Simply put, enough is enough. The Justice Department and the FBI must come clean to Congress and the American people with respect to the steps they have taken or failed to take related to the Hunter Biden investigation. Grassley demanded information from the Justice Department on Biden uh, back to them, back to him by October the 27th so Congress can perform an independent objective review. I'm thinking after the midterms, uh, I'm thinking the Democrats are going to use this to not get Biden on the ballot for next next. They're going to turn on him? I think they going to turn on him. Well, if they do and they use this, then uh, Joe might be wearing an orange jumpsuit. We'll see. <laughs> hey, thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5. See you then. Bye-bye.